Hey everybody, Goldie here, and we're going to talk about wrestling. On today's episode of We're Going to Talk About Wrestling, we are going to recap what happened this last week in SmackDown, Raw, NXT, AEW, and the Impact Hard to Kill pay-per-view, along with um, news and notes outside of the ring. And before we get into the podcast and the introductions, I do want to once again mention uh, that Jay Briscoe has passed away in a car accident on Tuesday, January 17th at the age of 38 years old. We will be discussing a little bit of his legacy and his impact at the end of the show. So without further ado, we're going to talk about wrestling. Uh, hey, everybody. My name is Goldie alongside Godflow. Say hello. What's up, everybody? And Don Jay, say hello. Yo, yo. So let's get right into it. Episode one, we're going to talk about wrestling. And we're going to start by talking about SmackDown. And what a way to kick off the episode of SmackDown with an intercontinental title match between Braun and Gunter. I mean, this is what they've pretty much been doing on SmackDown is uh, you're getting uh, premium live event matches on you got the uh gunther never looks small in this match he looked uh pretty small but uh the comparison the match uh it was definitely a uh a as they say a slobber knocker to say the least they pretty much knocked the living hell out of each other good god um, almighty and a little bit messy gunther can't have a bad match like at all um he's had the matches with ricochet um, he's had the matches with Braun, like to close point with him um, being a bigger person, but Gunther just has stellar matches, and um, I'm glad we've gotten past the point where we don't want to call him Gunther, we want to call him Walter. He's a smaller dude, he's Gunther, and he's killing it. Yeah, Walter's fat. To close point, like that that power bomb at the end was a, a I think it was just two big guys that weren't used to the finish, but I, I thought it was a fantastic match to start the show. I thought it was, um, I thought it was really good um, pacing. I was excited to see Braun wrestle somebody his size, not named Omos. Um, because, you know, like we all knew what the Omos match was going to be. What was that crown jewel? Is that where they had yep. that? Um, so I was excited to see Braun wrestle somebody who's known to be not just a big powerhouse, but a technical guy as well. And I think Braun showed his wrestling ability fantastically instead of just, oh, here's Braun against another small flippy dippy shit guy. Um, agree with the finish being mid. It kind of felt like. It kind of felt like Gunter was just like, okay, I'm exhausted. Let's just get this match over with. The the big question now is with uh, Gunther not only going over, but going over clean. Where does yeah. he even go? Yeah, what's next for him? I mean, what is left on SmackDown the Conquer at this point other than the untouchable bloodline? Because he's but, been um, having, when his matches kick off, he's been sending Imperium to the back at the beginning. 
granted, they ran out to help, you know, temporarily in this one. But majority of the time, he's doing it by himself. And he's winning, like you said, he's winning clean. I think Drew is probably the end all for him. Um, they could go through the um, the Brawling Brutes and give us um, Pete Dunn slash Butch versus um, no, Gunther. No, 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 no. If you're going to insist on calling Gunther Gunther, you have to insist on calling Butch Butch. Butch Butch. So Butch v. Gunther um, is a fantastic match that they can have again. In previous lives, it was Walter versus Pete Dunne in the NXT UK, and that was fantastic too. That that can be something, but I think the end all be all for Gunter is going to be Drew. I I think they might look outside of SmackDown. I think they might have to pull something off of Raw. It is uh, getting in the WrestleMania season, so maybe they can pull some of that talent from over there. Maybe so some. Interesting you mentioned Royal um, WrestleMania season because we are headed into the Royal Rumble. And after that match, uh, Gunter declared he'd be in the Rumble. How do we feel about the Intercontinental Champion entering the Rumble? Do we maybe find something in that match where he decides someone eliminates him and that's where the beef starts? Probably. They're they're known to make stories out of the Rumble and you eliminated me, now we have beef, and now this will push over to Elimination Chamber and go to Mania, but I think he's going to look very strong in the Rumble, and we'll probably talk more about the Rumble next week, since it'll be right before, but he's going to have a strong showing. I think so, too, and um, people mentioned Sheamus or Drew being endgame for them. Um, Sheamus and Drew have another problem in Viking Raiders. Uh, the flashback was um, the Viking Raiders off off camera. Joe had gone off the air. Uh, Sheamus and Drew lost to the Usos. Viking Raiders show up and attack them. And then we get a Viking Raiders Valhalla promo. And this uh, sparked the tag team tournament being announced starting next week on SmackDown uh, to determine the number one contender's for the Usos, I'm assuming SmackDown titles, since Judgment Day are facing them for the Raw ones. But it's looking like Sheamus and Drew are going to go into a bit of a feud with the Viking Raiders. How do we feel about that matchup? Anytime the Viking Raiders are in the ring, it's amazing. Not that I hate the promo work, some of the stuff they've done in the past, but their ring ability is just amazing tag team wrestling. Um... As for Drew and Sheamus, as big as a name they are, uh, they always go pretty hard, but I'm thinking going against the Viking Raiders, the Banger Bros might come up a little limp here. Yeah. Um, Viking Raiders are just, they are just athletic specimens. Just being able to do the flips and the cartwheels and just, they've been doing this for a long time in other promotions. And, and I think to Flo's point, they the WWE tag team division has gotten so much better and this is an opportunity and I'm glad that they're working on splitting the titles to showcase that because for the longest time their tag team division was trash and now that they finally built it up it's the perfect time to split it there's so much depth there's so much depth it'll be interesting to see what happens with this tag team tournament on Smackdown we only have the two teams announced so far with the Viking Raiders and Sheamus and Drew 
off the top of my head, I can't really remember who the other tag teams are on SmackDown because I get, with the Usos being on both shows, I get them mixed up. Um, you got the Brawling Brutes. Um, you got Los Lotharios that they've been putting on there. Who? Um, Los Lotharios. Uh, uh, the tag teams with... Um, Garza and Humberto. Yes, yeah. Humberto I don't think and I've Garza. ever seen them. You have. They always rip their pants off. I definitely haven't seen them. I remember. Imperium. Um, Legato? As well. They're on there. Hit Row. Are they on hit? Oh, yeah. Flop Dollar. Yep. Yep. Who's better Interesting than Flop to see Dollar? Who Everyone. Sandal is... Uh, we have someone in the chat who is a wrestler um, saying they don't have depth on SmackDown in the tag division. Do you agree? Well, we just listed off I think when you look at the Usos being as high as they are, and you're going to have good matches. And like we said, Brawling Brutes, Imperium, um, Banger Bros, that's three right off the top. And then you get into that second level that you're trying to build up. There's bodies. There's people that can can compete, but the Usos are on, on, their, on a level all by themselves. I do agree with the comment in the chat saying they're probably going to throw Braun and Ricochet together. Yep. Uh, they've been teasing at that. I do find it interesting that they've announced a tag tournament with the New Day not even being on the show and competing. They've gone to NXT. Yeah, it's very weird not seeing them around, especially a anytime you see the Usos, you always think the New Day is right beside them. They're pretty much the equivalent to uh, Cena and Orton. You can't see one without seeing the other all the mm -hmm. time. If you need a banger match to fill some time, who do you call? Yep. All the time. Just go, yep, this works. We're plugging it in. And when Don Jay was lifting or listing off the names there, the one thing that appeared to me is a lot of times in old WWE, instead of using the tag teams they have, they like doing this, hey, let's take two let's guys, put, put them yep. together, and we have a tag team. That's let's what they do they in the women's division all yeah. the time. That's all they do in the women's division. Yes. But Egan Knox and Liv Morgan? Okay. Oh, Liv. <laughs> but uh, when, yeah. when he's listing those, you got teams that are have been tagging together. Top Dollar been tagging together. You got uh, or Hit Row. Uh, you got Imperium tagging together. You got the Viking Raiders that are tag team units. Like, their flow together is just amazing. So lack of depth, I, I'm not exactly sure where we're seeing that from. Because I think, per, like uh, Don Jay alluded to, the tag team divisions for or WWE in general is just better than ever. And, the, and the, some of the tag teams may not be your, your cup of tea, but they're diverse. There's, there's, there's diversity in the tag team division, if, if nothing else. And there it's not is the same. Diversity. And there's not the same matches week after week after week like Vince used to do with the 50-50 booking. That said, if they want to do the Usos and the Street Profits every show for the rest of my life, I wouldn't be upset. Absolutely not. It'd be fantastic. Would be. Uh, well, that is the tag discussion. Let's move on to a hot topic in what is going to be the pitch black match between Bray Wyatt and LA Knight. And on SmackDown, we didn't get an L.A. Knight appearance. I will not digress. <laughs> um, 
But we did get a Bray Wyatt promo with the old rocking chair. Well, first starting it off, I know a bunch of people have been bugging me. They said on this, we need LA Knight impressions. And like oh. LA Knight did SmackDown, I'm not going to show up with it today. He's Thank not going to work. Either am I. Not going to happen. Show up next week, maybe. But uh, with that, uh, th- that Prey Wyatt uh, promo was definitely a uh, piece of work that kind of mixed the new Wyatt with the old Wyatt. Kind of what's going on, seeing the backstory and the pieces. So uh, not 100% sure what we're going to see or if we're going to see everything. But uh, it, it was it was exciting. It was like, okay, where is he going next with this? And that's kind of been what this entire uh, saga between him and LA Knight has been. And I'm I'm seeing a lot since Bray's been back. Where uh, there's the there's the certain group that want to see him fight. There's a certain group that's like, let this play out. There's a lot of people that say, well, this is doing just dragging on too long. I am here for the long term storytelling of the return of Bray. Like every show on SmackDown and Raw, there's bits and pieces and you think that this is going to happen with LA Knight and then you have this thing that's going on with Alexa that we'll talk about later. I am here for him building what this is and building on, on his return. Um, You know how I feel about Bray, Don J. I make no bones yep. about it. My biggest issue with Bray Wyatt, and I, I am aware that this was previously under the direction of um, the old white elephant in the room that we're not going to mention, um, but he wasn't a fan of the Bray Wyatt character. I was a big fan of the promo work that he did. He's so creative. He's just overflowing with ideas. And then... It would culminate in a match that felt like a letdown. My fear this time around with Bray Wyatt, um, with a superstar like LA Knight, I don't want either of them to look bad because neither of them deserve to look bad. And I think that's probably why they're going with the gimmick match with the Mountain Dew pitch black matches that it can be gimmicky, but under the direction of Triple H and, and more importantly, letting Bray do what Bray wants to do as opposed to neutering it. I as think long that, as there's some payoff. I think there'll be payoff, but I think it'll also build towards the next piece of the return of Bray because we, we saw those characters when he returned and we, we've seen Uncle Howdy and Aunt Howdy as it were but <laughs> the there's still more Uncle people Howdy. there's still more pieces that need to be shared. What was it? The Bray Wyatt 6? Yep. That... Wyatt yes. Wyatt because 6 he had the fun house, Because the Funhouse characters came alive. Yeah, it, it was uh, I I think I agree here to the point where if you're expecting a technical wrestling match that weekend, this ain't it. You no, this ain't, ain't it. it. You're going to be disappointed. However, I am expecting storytelling to take off here. Um, th- there's going to be a lot going on in the dark, per se. Um, I'm interested <laughs> to see how many people we see, what's going on. 
If we can um, see anything, because it's pitch black. If we can see anything, it is in the dark. Maybe it's just going to be sound. Maybe we're just going to ASMR the entire thing. Now also, available at your local desk. grocery store, Mountain Dew Pitch Black. Go get yourself a 12-er. Also, yeah, I mean, bring back the red um, lighting the red that light they did bulb. for that god-awful stuff. Yeah, that's not Pitch Black. That's Pitch Never Comeback. That's but, more uh, Mountain Dew Red. Pitch red, red Light red. District. That's Pitch yeah. Housekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's code red mountain dew that's yeah, code code red. Red. Don't, <laughs> it's code not red. doing that but yeah i mean hey if they do decide to say hey let's have an asmr match if it's just la night promo work with a ca- occasional break running goldie will be happy i'm not sure about anybody else but i don't gotta see anything that, that they can do it pitch black all they want if that's the case <laughs> What we're not going to do is get derailed. What we are going to do is skip ahead (laughs) a little bit because we have mentioned the Bray Wyatt personas. I'm jumping ahead into what happened on Raw between Bianca and Bliss because it is relevant. Um, Bianca came out with a bit of a fat lip still. She was slurring. Um, She looked like she belonged in a 90s R&B video. The drip was giving me life. Good Lord. Was God was God ever deep in his bag when he made Bianca Belair? Jesus Christ. But it, it, it was next level. It was next level. But she calls out Alexa Bliss and says, basically, uh, TLDR, bitch, come say it to my face. Bliss comes out and basically they're like, do you want a rematch? You really going to win the Rumble? Or do you want to just have this rematch? I'm not sure why she was like, you really think you're going to go through the Rumble? No, we all know it's a rematch happening at the Royal Rumble. But the interesting part is after they're brawling out in the crowd, Uncle Howdy appears as the silhouette. And Bianca had said to Bliss, it's your call. Bliss asks, what's the catch? Bianca says, it's up to you. So assuming Bliss is going to pick the stipulation of this match, are we thinking... Maybe a Firefly Funhouse match? Playground match. A Something to do with match. a pitch black playground match. Nope, that pitch is not safe playground. for children. So how Just much Uncle Howdy influence? What's that? Keep, keep people a thousand feet away from the playground match. How yes. much Uncle Howdy or Bray influence do we think shows up in this match? Because... They've been hinting at a bliss turn now. Um, she snapped. Uncle Howdy showed up to come get her, and then they just cut to commercial and forget it, forgot that it ever happened. Um, so what are we expecting out of this? Well, the way they're booking Uncle Howdy, for say, I'm, I'm personally expecting him to show up in the Royal Rumble and triple duty at this point. I mean, he's pretty much highlighting the entire pay-per-view. The one um, six is, is going to be in the Rumble. It's just going to be all the different personas. Gonna He's tell gonna tell Mick Foley, hold my beer. <laughs> Dude, double. I could see it. It'd be uh, pretty awesome. But uh, back to the original question. I think it's going to be a massive influence. I think maybe Bianca comes out with the meaner side. You know, she's sick of getting her ass kicked. We haven't seen Bianca get her ass kicked in a long time. She's taking people out 1v3. She's, I mean, she's, at one she's point, in pace to beat Roman. Yeah, she is the only threat to Roman's title right now. The way she was booked, she's kicking everybody's ass, no matter who it is. And she's 
been getting beat up a couple weeks in a row here for something that we haven't seen in a long time. So, so maybe we get her aggressive, comes out strong in the match, and then I think Uncle Aunt Howdy, I, I think, turns the tide. So basically, a supernatural, be- a supernatural being is the only thing that can take out Bianca Belair right now. I mean, they even did the Scary Movie 3 choreography, and she still won. Yep. All right, any other thoughts on Bianca Bliss? No, they'll probably do something to hype it one more time at Raw 30 on Monday, but I'm looking forward to it. I am too. I think maybe they announced the stipulation of the match on Raw. Maybe. Yep, or they, they touch on that a little yeah. more because that seemed to be kind of up in the air still. All right. I wanted to get that in because we were talking about Bray Wyatt. We're going to go back to what happened on SmackDown. And there is a contract signing between Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens scheduled for this upcoming episode of SmackDown. What do we expect? So everybody's going to be cool. They're going to walk down to the ring. They're going to be happy. They're going to be excited. They're going to sign the contracts. They're going to shake hands and they're going to walk to the back. Yep. Sounds good. All right. First time. First time for everything. SmackDown main event. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Um, first off, they could main event anything. I'd be fine with it. Um, but they're so good. They're so good. They're so good. But uh, the match ends in a disqualification because Roman says, "Sammy, you got this," and then the bloodline shows up to help him beat up Kevin Owens. So are we planting seeds of doubt with Sammy? Is he going to be the one to turn on the bloodline instead of the other way around? He needs to. It, because it's everything is setting up from the promos and the turns and twists and they had the Sammy um, Paul promo earlier in the show and I've said that Sammy was dead dead uh, but Sammy has to get has to get them before they get him. Yeah, Roman yeah, said gonna... it himself. Be three steps ahead. Yep. yep. But uh, with with the ending, I, my initial con comment was that match should have been a one, two, three, four hour Iron Man match. I could have watched it. Constantly. Seven day Iron Man match. Yeah, I- entire match, exciting. It didn't matter who interfered in that match. They were getting hell on fire, hill heat for me. Because I wasn't done with the match, and I was robbed. Yep. I was ready for it to go on forever. It could have been anybody under the sun that interfered. And if there was ever a way to make you hate a situation that happened, like, I, I was with Sammy. I, I wasn't done yet. He wasn't done yet. He was ready for it to go. I think he should get some retribution. There wasn't any way that match was ending clean, though, was there? No. No, not a chance. Not for the story In my- line. The storyline has made me buy two shirts, and I don't buy wrestling shirts much, but I have bought two Sami Zayn-related shirts because of this storyline. I have also purchased the We The Ones and the KO. I have bought both. I am ready. You got the duct tape KO? I got the duct tape KO. Oh, you have to have the duct tape KO. 
if, if nothing else. Like if, if I have New Day shirts and, and a Big E shirt, then you have to have a duct tape KO shirt. It, it just has to be. I have one for every day of the week. How often uh, do you change your clothes? <laughs> uh, every day of the week, but. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, that main event on SmackDown, it did spill over Monday Night Raw. The Usos and Solo Sokoa kicked off Monday Night Raw saying Raw 30 is going to have a bloodline acknowledgement ceremony. Um, Sami Zayn was not with them. Usos and Sokoa. And then um, you got Scrappy-Doo, uh, Mustafa Ali just showing up to be there. Um, and lose again. <laughs> And lose again. Um, we did have Solo Sokoa and Mustafa Ali 1v1. Uh, but that, of course, had Usos and Kevin Owens interference as well. What's happening with Mustafa Ali? He has a job. <laughs> and he's on TV every week. You can't ask for more than that. I don't remember what his um, contract dispute was about. But there was the hashtag free alley going on for a bit. Yeah, his booking was horrible because of people who will not be named. Yep. Um new regime recognizes how um how great he is because he is great. Um and like I said, he's he's gotten a lot of time. He had the matches with Seth. Um uh, he's had matches with Theory. He loses all the time, but you know who and else loses all the time? Relevant. You know who else loses all the time? Kevin Owens. Not so much lately, but there was a time where Owens was putting over everybody, and he was still bringing in that big paycheck. Yep. He he just had to beat the final boss and Ezekiel. That's what it was. Well, hell, Seth was losing all the time no, that last was year. Ken lost- Owens. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Seth actually, I believe he had the most losses last year total. And no, I don't think anybody would believe that if you were told the fact of, hey, who took the most pinfalls last year? And if we told you it was Rollins. He lost to Cody three times in a row. And I know Goldie's looking forward to the Cody talk. You just teed it up for me. That's uh, There you go. Thank you for that segue. We had... Um, the 1,821st vignette of Cody Rhodes' return um, and all the stuff that he's gone through. Um, I event- At one point watching the vignettes, I thought he, I don't know, had something a lot worse happen to him. Um, but we finally get the confirmation, and this is probably the world's worst kept secret, Cody is going to be in the Rumble match. Does he win? I think so. Um, I kind of, I kind of like the vignettes until like seventy five percent of them were the one you watched last time, and that's like we're going to give you a little more, and a little more, and a little more, and finally they got to it. We got his return date. Um, w- probably the worst kept secret of the year. But, uh, well, the, the other one could have been him coming back at Mania because I think everybody knew that was coming too. But still, it's yep. excited. He sells tickets. It's the draw. I mean, 
you you I will give you Cody. You get the pre-announced Cody. Don't tell me anybody else, and we're good. And I think they've denounced Cody because there's that lingering th- thought in the background that someone else that's related to the bloodline may be at the rumble and having Cody be the surprise and be upstaged by that relative could probably suck the air out of him showing up. Is that a spoiler? No, I didn't, I didn't say anybody could have been Rikishi for all we're talking about. Yeah, it could. I mean, it's going to be electrifying either way. Rikishi winning the rumble confirmed. (laughs) Ain't nobody tossing him over the rope. Not at this age. No, he has to come back. He has to show up to eliminate Omas. That's what's going to get him over the top. Speaking of Omas, uh, he's back and wearing Hurt Business colors. MVP is. is on Raw looking to get the Hurt Business back together with the giant Omas at his side. I'm here for it. I was always pro Hurt Business. I was pissed when they broke him up. Bobby is is chiseled in granite. Shelton and Cedric can wrestle their asses off. MVP is the talker. It was just a a, a great grouping, and I think Omos can can add an element to him. Um, not unlike Solo added an element to the Usos in the Bloodline when he came. Something different. Sometimes you just need a big monster. Big silent monster. Yep, just like Solo. Well, you say silent, but uh, I was just going to get to the last time I remember seeing him was hmm. in a match against uh, Strowman. Shit. That's the one I remember. And yep. he was talking shit that oh, entire man. match. And he backed it up. So that and was he was good. That was a good I match. was so anti Omos for a long time. It's like he's just big. He's not getting better. What's going on? And then it, we watched that match and the whole match was good. It was longer than you expected. He went the entire match. It was physical. It was big guys. It was violent. And then I was like, they, they cut the little snippet promo where they're like, oh, you're going to face the next Royal Rumble winner. And I actually felt excitement that he was back. Mm-hmm. For the first time in his career, I was like, wow, it's he, he's finally got it. So whatever they're doing with the whole Hurt business, it, I mean, I'm excited for it. Uh, hands down either way. I mean, I'm happy I'm on the Omos good side now because, I mean, he's just going to keep improving and I'm looking forward to what he's going to bring. He desperately and he doesn't needed... have to fight. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying he, he doesn't have to fight all the time either. He can be the special attraction match. And he can be the muscle to just ran, ransack people just to let people know that he can beat it, beat people up. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so what here's I was... a question. Solo versus Omos, who wins? Solo. Solo. Okay. Solo's undefeated. There's no way they're letting Omos win. That's Umaga 2.0. So, Solo's Solo's first loss is going to be a big occasion. Yep. I don't know if he's going to be holding a title when it happens. I don't know if he goes after a title and then has a big run because he is undefeated. But. I don't see Omos beating him anytime soon. Okay. Let me I don't give see you their paths. More. I don't see their paths crossing anytime soon. Let me give Not you Not with one the Kevin more. Owens Sammy stuff going on. Solo versus Rhea, who wins? Rhea, because she won't take a bump. 
This is true. Just hit her. Just hit her. Just yeah. hit her. If you listen about that now. If you listened to um the sneak peek we put on YouTube, um, it was us just testing the audio levels, and I decided to ask about um Rhea and Solo. And we got like three and a half minutes of decent conversation talking about Rhea. Let's revisit that, shall we? Sure. Let's revisit that. If you are going to book Rhea like China, she needs to actually take bumps. I don't want to hear or see any of this. I can't hit a woman. They're fragile. Oh, we're not supposed to be beating women on TV. No. No, we're obviously not beating women on TV. It's consent. This is a consent. It's consent. This is coercion type of thing. So if she's consenting to having a match with the men. Then let her have the damn match. Let her have the match in full. When's the The vice coming? The match she had with Akira Tozawa was embarrassing. Embarrassing for both parties. Tazawa doesn't deserve to job like that. He's too damn good. And I know they want to bill Rhea to be this strong, dominant, imposing force. But if she's going to pick up Luke Gallows and slam him outside the ring, she can take a bump. Yep. And yeah, maybe some of it could be they could be have been trying to save her a little bit from her injury from late last year and trying to ease her back into it. But no, if she's full fledged storyline and the leader of um, of the group, then she needs to take the bumps. When they did um, the tag match, the Eliminator, to determine um, the number one contenders for the Raw Tag Team Championships, and Balor was. Oh, you can't go in now. I was screaming at the TV for Rhea to be the partner instead of Dominic. Please just let us have this. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have made. I mean, they're not even letting her get gimmick moved. Like, not even no, a move. Nothing. Like, it's nothing. Like, She's hey, so I'm protected. I'm going to slide through your legs. That's what Tazala did. And then. Not only did she completely dominate him during the match, but she also gave him the Raya pin. I need to know if Tazawa consented because, I mean, <laughs> like I said, somebody. I take so, back what I said. I take back what I said about Bianca being the only person booked to beat Roman. I'm throwing Rhea in the conversation, too. She'll single-handedly dismantle the bloodline because nobody's going to touch her. <laughs> well, may, maybe that's a chance for the bloodline to finally get a female member. I think it's overdue, so. Tamina, um, what were you saying? <laughs> Is that how they yep. bring Naomi back? Oh, they're no. going to bring Naya back. Okay. There no, that's it not is. What I, that is not what I <laughs> that's, said. That's, that's what I heard. Heard. Great that, idea. Goldie. No, this is um, recording. I will play back the tape. <laughs> that is not what I said. Uh, but important to note, Naomi is still showing on the active roster on the WWE. Yep. Do it is think, Rumble. Do you think, yeah, do you think we get a Naomi appearance at the Rumble? 
I do. I do too. I, I, I absolutely do. And the last time she made a return from injury was the same time that um, Edge came back in the Rumble. And she got as loud as a pop as, as Edge did. And nobody remembers it because Edge was gone so long. Yeah. But she got a massive pop that, mm-hmm. um, when she came back. And people, like, there's there's lots of people who love Naomi. Me being one of them, Flo being another. Mm-hmm, um, me too. And she's just fantastic. And whatever reason she left, and, and we won't get into that this weekend um, with, no. the, with Mercedes and all of that. I just want her back. And she would make a huge impact on the women's roster. She's good for the division. Yep. She's well-liked, positive, works hard, strong. She's athletic, talented. She's how long has she been wrestling in WWE now? Forever. It's been at least oh, it's been over a decade. Like she's been one of those 10, uh, 11, 12, 13 um people almost as long, a little shorter than Tamina, but she's been there for a long time. Yeah, so I, I would love to see her return at the rumble and get her pop, but if they can't involve her in a storyline on the main roster. I wouldn't be upset to see her go down to NXT like Natalia did and call out a star there because she has the ability to elevate. Yeah, without a doubt. I think anytime, I mean, we, we haven't even gone like her entrance alone. Like I, I was fortunate enough to she see came it up live with that. at a house <laughs> show and the, the music hit, everybody popped. I, I, I might have been dancing. I don't remember. Had a few drinks, but it, I mean, the, the stadium came up. I mean, she it, it's the full package in, and I think hearing that at the Rumble, I mean, a lot of people compare her. She's the Kofi of the female Rumble. So, I mean, I, I'm excited. It's definitely time for her to come back. She's been missed. Um, going down to NXT, NXT something will hit on her. That women's division down there is mm. unreal. We'll get into that a little later, but yeah. That wasn't an LA Knight impression. That was just me agreeing with you. <laughs> um, sticking with the women's division, we have a steel cage match on Raw is 30 between Bailey and Becky Lynch. Uh, steel cage, meaning um, EO Sky and Dakota Kai apparently were logistically not going to interfere to help Bailey win. Um, so this is being booked with the hope that Becky can beat her clean and Bailey doesn't weasel out of it, but Bailey is a heel. How are we feeling about this? I did not like the promo initially when oh. they had it on Monday. Oh. I listened to it again uh, earlier today, and it was better than I gave it credit for on Monday because I was listening to what the conversation was and not how how it was said. So because if, if, if there's a lot of history there, uh, going back to the NXT days and Bailey legit feeling like she got left behind when they took the other three up and her staying and her having to find her way on the main roster, not unlike Becky. Uh, and then like to um, Bailey's point, she didn't become the man until Nia hit her in the face. And then that was her launching pad. 
So there's that there's gonna be that friendship, that animosity, that that rivalry, and they they will have a banger match. It's just the way that they got to it was clunky, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was after listening to it the second time. I'll agree with you on that. I had a really hard time watching it live. Um, not Becky Bailey. I've been really struggling to believe her as a heel. Um I think there's a line between being a good heel and being annoying. I currently find Bailey annoying. I'm well aware it's part of the character she's trying to portray, but I still am not grasping it. I think she was better by herself. Um, now that she's doing the the weasel heel thing where she hides behind two people, I've said this to both of you um, prior, give EO the steel chair to split up the shield. Yep. Separate him. Yep. Get get EO out of there. She doesn't deserve to be stuck. I know she's holding a belt, but please, for the love of God, we split up damage. They get 1v3'd almost every single show. Bailey can't talk. Believably. In my opinion, I know some people love it. But in my opinion, she grabs a mic and I turn it down. Um, EO and Asuka can cut promos on each other in a different language all the time and be fine with it. Um, Dakota for me is the Regina George of, of the women's <laughs> locker room. Um, I sorry. I know we have a New Zealander in the chat loves Dakota Kai. Um, I like her as a wrestler. I'm not a fan of this current rendition of her, but that's not me saying she's bad. Um, but I think it's time for damage control to split. I don't Yep. I don't like that they're just holding the women's tag titles and nothing is happening with them. We talked about how the men's division was getting I'm not gonna say has depth because there has been some dispute in the chat and I will respect that. Um, but there is becoming depth in the men's division and in the women's division, like I mentioned earlier, they just historically throw together two random ass women. Uh, was it T like was it Tegan and Liv? Yep. Like Tegan came back, and then her neck the next week on SmackDown, she had a title match. Like, okay, why? So you can get the titles on TV. There's no substance here. It's looking like they're gonna do the same thing with Mia Yim and Candice LeRae. So, like, I just it's not unlike May of last year when yeah. this all started all over When the again. walkout happened, right? Yep. It's just, there's no there's no direction right now with the tag titles. Um, and I'm almost at the point where I'd rather just not have them if they're just gonna walk around and do random matches. I don't know. That, that's my tangent for the day. What do, what do the two of you think? Well, going back to the uh, the the Becky Bailey, I agree with Don Jay completely. To where, when it was delivered, it just it just wasn't hitting right at all. But the more you listen in, it's like all oh, the content's there. Becky's there. Becky's doing her thing, and it's just like, okay, I want uh, I want Bailey still cage right, and Bailey's just like, sure, whatever. Like like that was the emotion of it. Yeah. Whatever you want. Yeah, it's whatever, like she gave up. Do. 
gave up mid promo. And, and it's like it's not even the weasel heel right now. It's kind of like, what actually are you going for? You're just like lost live okay, syndrome. Sure. Just shrug the shoulder off. And like Donjay said, you go back and you look at all the con the content is deep in there. Like Huge. we're talking like eight out of ten, nine out of ten. It's all there. That should have been absolute banger. Everybody should have been talking about it. And everybody forgot about it because it was so hard to listen to. Yep. And going through, it's just like, oh, come on. Going back and forth. Um, I do agree with the EO. I am the biggest EO fan. I've been asking for her forever to get up. They hit her um, solo music and... Mm. They, they, they hit the music Damn. this week. And it was and he, like, I don't and you care remembered, And you remembered how good she was. Yep. EO's music hit, Mia got a win. I was happy. It was like, wow, this is amazing. Nobody else needed to be involved. Even we didn't need Candace. We didn't need the rest of Damage Control. Like, there it is. We're good. We're in it. It's like everything's making sense on there. But the one thing I do notice, and going back to the tag team title discussion, we got a lot to talk about Raw, a lot to get excited about. What about the SmackDown Women's Division? Is there anything over there to be excited about? Charlotte. Charlotte's back. Okay, who's Charlotte Mason? <laughs> What's she doing? Any, Is there a story? Anybody not named Rhonda? I don't care. Well, that might be the solution to your other question. You want a believable tag team women's this? Is that where Shana and Rhonda? Shana and Rhonda. Yeah. And Rhonda. I I didn't like that they were no shows on SmackDown. Maybe they needed to have a show where, like, let them breathe, and then they come back next SmackDown? Like, meaner, bitchier, ruder, tougher. But, like, Rhonda basically said in an interview, as soon as she lost the title, she said in an interview, I'm done with that title now. Let's just go for the tag title. Not even, like, you bitch, I want my rematch. How dare you? I'm a competitor. It was just like, okay, whatever, that's done. It was so lackluster. Yep. And it was like the, the whole build up to SmackDown. I'm not going to go deep about it because it's <laughs> one of the things I am passionate about, as the two yep. of you know. It's like yes. we had the entire build up. It was like Ronda Shayna. Okay. When's the one on one coming? Is this going to be Shayna's big coming out party? You know, you beat your friend, the baddest bitch on the planet. You know, this is going to be it. And it was just like Charlotte's back. Now what? And it's just like I look around. And it's not me disrespecting the women's division because I know the talent they have over there. I, we're, we're watching the show and we're just listing off the people that are on SmackDown. And it's like, well, what are they doing with them? And it's like, oh, random Royal Rumble prep matches for no reason. Yeah, and yeah it's Liv just like, slaps Raquel. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to be number one. I do. I do. Cry. That's what I do. Yeah, that's another story. See, I, I think we're going to have to talk about this deeper on another episode just because of how passionate we are about this. Like, mm -hmm. I personally think that Rhonda is is um, great for the division. She just needs somebody that's better than her. Which and she everybody. doesn't need to talk. That's not true. That's not okay. true. Okay, we'll, talk about, we'll, talk, we'll talk about this more on another show, but I think she's, she's needed for, for the heel. I don't there's not a lot of heels over there, and she's a clear heel, um, but she's not. She was never been used properly over there. Well, part of it is because she couldn't do it, 
right? Like, you need a personality. She doesn't have one. She has all the physical attributes, but there's some kind of disconnect there. Somebody in the chat is saying she needed a mouthpiece. I completely agree. Yep, don't disagree. I would have been fine with that. If she had somebody talking for her the entire time, I don't think my disdain level would be this high. It's just, it's so tough for me to, I want to like her because of what she's done for women's combat sports outside of wrestling. The stuff that she's accomplished, the way she put women on the map in judo and UFC, she is a star. She has that attached to her. And then she comes over to the WWE and it's like, yeah, I'm Ronda Rousey. What are you going to do about it? Uh, Okay. Like she's just missing that personality for me and there seems to be a disconnect with her wrestling too I don't know if that's uh, I don't know like I said I really really wanted to like her um, I am um, biased in my love for Charlotte I completely um, I'm aware of that for what it's worth you don't need to tell me um, we all I, have our I blinders know we all have our blinders, minus Charlotte. But even if in hindsight that wasn't the best way to strip Ronda of the title, I can admit to that now. But probably wasn't the best way to strip Ronda. But I don't see Ronda elevating the SmackDown women's division like I do Charlotte. Love her or hate her, she elevates people. So I think ultimately her having the title right now if she gets into a feud with Raquel and Raquel wins that title at Mania, I will be so fucking happy. Because I know, Flo, you're a big Raquel fan. Yeah, 100%. I think that that's kind of like the match I wanted. And if if they still could have booked it to where we could have had Shayna Ronda and we could still have... But that is the difference. And that is where I will give Charlotte the nod. Shayna Ronda needs the belt. Yeah. Charlotte and Raquel would not need the belt. I agree. That is my difference. And that's part of my hate to the storylines that are going on on SmackDown is you have the buildup of, hey, Shayna's finally done with Ronda. We're turning. This is Shayna's big page. But it has to be against her and it has to be for the belt. You just throw Raquel and Charlotte, hey, I'm the big I'm the queen, I'm the biggest, baddest, you know, and then hey, I'm Raquel, I'm new, I'm fresh, but you know. And that match is an absolute banger that doesn't need the satisfaction of a belt, and I we'd agree. still be talking about it. Fortunately, we have two SmackDowns before Rumble, so we have a lot of time for something to make sense. Right. Uh, so we can we can talk more about it once we get another SmackDown on it. Sounds good to me. Uh, one more bit of Raw news to talk about, and um, haven't touched on it yet. The main event of Monday Night Raw was a six-man eliminator, and the winner gets a shot at Austin Theory and the United States Championship. We had Dolph. We had Miz, who, if you need a match, call Dolph and Miz. Um, Baron Corbin, Finn Balor, and his ribs. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins and Bobby Lashley. And 
we thought it was going to be Seth at the beginning because he had the first three eliminations. And MVP walks out with the Hurt Business intentions. Seemingly, Lashley ends up eliminating Seth to win the number one contender. Well, not that he needed it, but Seth looked unbelievably strong in that I match. I love Seth. Mm-hmm. Omos, good lord. That that was some uh some pop breaking goodness right there. Mm-hmm. But uh he he just came out strong and that's kind of where you thought it was going. I kind of thought, kind of like in the match earlier in the night, that MVP was gonna accidentally screw Lashley. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of like he did with Shelton and uh Cedric, but see he- I don't think he actually I don't think that wasn't his fault. That was Cedric's fault because Cedric wrote got rolled over. MVP was gone at that point. That was Cedric's fault. Well, I got a question for you on that. Was MVP out there for Cedric and Shelton or was he out there for the other? Is he people? out there for Montez. I think he's out there for he's trying to make good and rebuild, and it just was a little... You're saying that a little slowly, so the seed has been planted, though. Um, Yes, the seed has been planted. There will be no seed planting on this show, thank you very much. It's just habit, I can't. But, uh... But, I I mean, that would be interesting. I mean, that would make the group OP. You put Lashley, the Street Profits, and Omos in a group. I mean, Yeah, just add every black guy on the roster. There there you go. (laughs) Think but, uh, the new nation. I, it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me. And I'm the token black guy on the show. So <laughs> I know there was a lot of talk about the Street Profits possibly being split up months ago. Do we think that's still a direction they're going to go in? The slander that people gave Dawkins oh, and, Lord. is He's ridiculous. fat and out of shape. Yeah, okay. Yep. Montez is a personality in and of itself. But Dawkins can fucking go. Period. Mm-hmm. I I love he's the person that I love the hate for. Because you say it, you're like, oh man, he's he's the number two. He's this, he's that. And I'm just like sitting back, arms folded, Joe Gates. Why can't they face. both be ones? Like, just just yep. I mean, if anybody's the ones, it's them because I mean it, name a bad match that they've ever had. I don't think you could probably find it. But, I mean, Dawkins gets going, and it's unreal. I mean, unlike Flop Dollar, you want to see somebody get over a rope? I like that you said Flop Dollar instead of Flop Dollar. The disrespect. (laughs) (laughs) And clears the rope with no help whatsoever. We talk about Montez clearing the frickin' turnbuckle ring post. He's a freak. Please Unreal. never split. Please, but yeah, please, back please, to the original the story. Don't split them yeah. up. <laughs> don't split them up. Don't do it to us. And and keep your Dawkins hate coming because I'm loving. It. That's the other. Yep. But uh, yeah, going back to the uh, the main event, the the match. Uh, yeah, I mean, literally, it was pretty much all Seth Rollins until again MVP showed up, and then uh, Lashley broke a couple spears off, and he's walking away to fight Theory. I mean. How has everybody liked Theory since uh, since he's Fantastic. lost his cell phone? Fantastic. It's what he needed. This loss of the Money in the Bank briefcase, he's been fantastic. Yeah, ever since he uh, cashed in to not win that title and then went and won the title, um, I think <laughs> I think he's been. I think this role is better for him. Yep. 
Yeah, it's it, it's kind of crazy seeing the the evolution of him because if anybody ever wanted to see me mad, it was when he cashed in during an open challenge for the U.S. title. You had ninety eight percent of the viewers. It was yeah, I, I was even I his was explanation pretty, uh, afterwards. Like I understand the whole I couldn't have cashed in on Roman because he's so protected, but we never got the explanation for why you did it during an open challenge. Yeah, it was kind of, but uh, it it worked its way out. It definitely made a comeback because it was a pretty deep hole to come out of. Uh, but yeah, the, the the ending match was great. Again, uh, the big two talking names, Seth. You got Lashley, but I mean, everybody in the match had a job to do. They accomplished it. Uh, Miz Ziggler again can still any show. Balor was in there. Uh, hit a nasty coup de gras. Didn't work out for him though. My one um, side note from that match, um, I believe I asked the two of you uh, when we were watching it, have we ever had um, a Seth Rollins-Dolph Ziggler? No, we didn't. Because Seth was still, when Dolph was at his peak, Seth was still with the Shield and was coming up. So those were like two stars that just missed each other. Yeah, because I feel like that would be... I mean, shit, you could do it now. Dolph, I would argue, is still in his prime. I don't think he's going to be out of that anytime soon. He can still go. I just felt like they had a stare down in the ring, and I looked at it, and I went, I can do this. Survivor Series. Oh, yeah. That's right. The Survivor Series where Ziggler ran the table. Yeah, that's right. They had that. But that's not a feud. Yeah. No, not a feud, so to speak, but they were on opposite ends of the same whatever. But I don't know. I saw that stare down and I went, I could go for this. I don't know what they would do. I don't know if there'd be a title on the line, but now that Seth is seemingly removed from this title picture, where does he go? Cody. But if Cody but if Cody's winning the Rumble, why would he feud? Cody's with Seth? not winning the Rumble. Everyone here said Cody was winning the Rumble. I never said that Cody was winning the Rumble. I said nothing. Nobody disputed it, though. Like, is is Cody winning the Rumble or is he going to feud? We're not talking about Cody. We're not talking about the Rumble until next week. You're going to have to tune back in. You're going to have to come back. We got to talk about NXT. That's true. We do need to talk about NXT. Um, let's go talk about NXT. That NXT kicked off with um, a match that probably should have main evented. We had uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams versus Paulo Cruz and Axiom. I'm a big Axiom fan. I'm a big Apollo fan. I'm a big Trick Williams fan. I'm a big, this was like four of my favorite dudes in NXT in the ring together. Put on a show. Mel yep. is my guy. Yeah. All day, every day. Should be on the main roster like tomorrow and it would be fine. He doesn't do bad matches and Trick is just hilarious. So funny. He walked out with the face mask. <laughs> pretending to be Axiom. Like, <laughs> I can see it, Trick it, maybe being our truth in like 20 years. Have him do the comedic relief. I can see that. It, it was a great match overall. Um, surprisingly, the 
Melo company took the L there, but uh, it, it it was as expected. It's the one thing that WWE does very well is if they're starting the night off with a tag team match, it's going to be amazing. Like that's the number one thing. If a pay per view starts off with a tag team match, it's going to be thirty minutes, and odds are it's going to steal half of the show. Um. It works on the other shows as well. Uh, they pretty much just, uh, I'm not exactly sure where they're headed in the whole thing with, uh, I, I guess it's with uh, Braun Breaker being uh, tied up with Vaughn, or not Vaughn, what's Grayson. his name? Grayson. Grayson. That's right, yeah. He got over Vaughn, thank God. But, uh, I I mean, I, I'm down with it. I'm kind of interested to see uh, where they head with it. Because no real titles on the line, no nothing. They don't exactly need them. But, I mean, if they want to keep putting on banger matches, I'm not going to complain. Well, the story is, is Melo and Apollo want to be the next person to go up against Braun. So that's why they're messing with each other so they can see who goes against Braun, which is probably going to be um, stand and deliver at Mania weekend. Could it finally be Melo's moment? Mellow is money. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> right. We can go with Shucky Ducky. We are with Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. We are running a little short on time already. Um, and we're like into the second bullet point of NXT. Alba Fire versus Sol Ruka. Can we talk about Sol Ruka? Outstanding. Right now. Amazing. Yep. I, I'm I'm ready to send her up now. Um, the entire match, she she has everything. I mean, she's not missing anything. She's so young, but I guess that just carries over from the entire NXT Women's Division, which is absolutely out outrageous for their age. Their yeah. overall age, it feels like they're 16. Like it, they're all so young. But Sol Ruka comes out. She is the presentation. The match was awesome. And can we coin the ending of the match of what I'm calling the SRKO? What is that move actually called? The Soul Buster? Soul Crusher, Soul Buster, something soul like that. Soul Stealer, Soul Snatcher, Soul cr- something to, I don't know. No, SRKO. 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 Yeah. And I'm, I'm a fan of Alba Fire as well. Yeah, she's great. Like, I, I don't know what's happening. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I notated on that Soul reminds me of, of Bianca in NXT, where she just has that ability and has it. And once she gets some more matches under her and, and continues to build who she is, she can run a division. Yep. I agree. Experience. That's that's all that's missing right now. Yep. You really, someone in the, in the, in the, the comments is saying, Next week on NXT, there is a women's tag team match. Um, Hayden and Katana are the champs. And Alba Fire said she doesn't need a partner, but somebody in the chat is saying Isla Dawn might end up being her partner. No chance in hell. You don't think so? You don't think it's going to oh, be like the Sheamus and Cesaro thing where they did a best no, of seven because, and then be- got put together as a tag team and ran it? No, because of the whole point where it's how she lost in the first place. She saw Isla Dawn in the in the rafters and got distracted before she got hit with the SRKO and it all goes back to how she lost the title match to Mandy because of Isla. So she's lost her mind. So I, I 
that's that's destined to be ended probably so grudge, at vengeance day so a grudge match between alba and isla instead of throwing them together yeah. yep i think that'll happen at vengeance yeah, I don't. I don't see them tagging. Like, they, there's too much story remaining between the two of them to flip switch now on it. And uh, I, I do think that's going to be the deal breaker towards the uh, weekend event. It's going to be pretty, uh, pretty intense. All right. Um, next on the bullet list, Dijak, number one contender for the North American Championship. How are we feeling about his repackaging? Other than it was desperately needed. I don't hate it. I don't love it. But I'm glad he's not part of Retribution. That's all I can say. Because he he can fight. He's fantastic. I loved it when him and Keith were fighting when back in the day. And this will give him an opportunity to just wreak havoc. I just don't know about the justice piece of it. Yeah, what does he want justice for? Or justice up. being put into probably being put into a shitty booking. <laughs> yeah, and that, that that's exactly what I was about to hit on. Is you pretty much nailed it on the head. Is I'm not sure he needed a repackage. He just needed to be in the ring as himself or what he was. I guess he didn't need repackaged. He needed depackaged. He needed to just take a step back, go back to who he was back down in NXT because that's the guy we needed on the main roster, not whatever. Bar T T bar A bar G bar whatever we had going on with him because it was just again opportunity is all that man needed. I don't think it was a repackaged with whatever the jacket, the Blade Runner, whatever he is going on there. Dad, I mean, you stole my bullet point. When, when he <laughs> when he hits the ring, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty intense. Somebody in the chat said um, Dijak took that Steven Seagal hair dye class, and my bullet point when we watched the promo was like evil broad breaker with like the Blade Runner jacket and everything. He looks like a vampire slayer. What is he doing? <laughs> yep. Right. Um, next up, I know Flo is going to love this. We have Valentina Feroz versus Miss Thea Hail from Pittsburgh. Hailing from Pittsburgh, years Pennsylvania. Old. 19, Nin- years, 19 of years old, former gymnast from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, her first singles match on NXT. Flo, I'm going to let you do the honors. I, I don't think you can package up more charisma into a smaller person ever. Um, so that part she had down, it was just like, when are we eventually going to get her in the ring? And then it's like, first match came out and I was like, okay, they're going to put her in a safe match. It's going to be slow. The bell rang and just the absolute burst of energy. Again, just crediting that women's division down there is absolutely amazing. But, uh, I mean, it it was amazing. They took off. I mean, they went uh, entirety of the match. It was crazy. There was technique, a uh, little bit of showboat, a little bit of flair. I love the whole Chase U thing. But uh, it, it, He's a it was a firecracker. The facials are fantastic. You're going to need to phrase that a little better. The facial expressions of Thea Hill are fantastic. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see where she goes. Um 
Normally, I'm not a fan of the preppy, hyper, overly excited cheerleader blonde chick type thing. Um, but I am so into Thea Hale. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's like a group effort. It's not, it, maybe if it was her by herself, I'd be not as interested. But because it's like, you got people hyping her up and believing in her and all that. I, I think that might be it for me. Um, but I'm excited to see what she can do. Very excited to see what she can do. Um, moving on. Triple Threat announced, um, I called it, throw that out there. I, I called it before it even happened. Um, New Day versus Pretty Deadly versus Gallus. Um, I am not familiar with Gallus. I've just recently started watching the product again. So some of these NXT names I'm not familiar with. And Gallus is one of them. So give me the rundown. What are they all about, other than just beating people up? Well, that that's pretty much it. They were um, former NXT UK champ, tag team champions. Um, oh, they came from usually... the NXT UK batch then? <laughs> yep. Okay. They came from, um, and it's usually a three-man group, um, where it's the Coffee Brothers and then Wolfgang. Um, it looks like it's just one Coffee Brother and, and Wolfgang right now. I'm not sure what's happened with the other one. The other one might be injured. Um but yeah, they're just hard hitting um sons of bitches from the UK. Word. Like, Maybe not so hard hitting, but also sons of bitches from the UK pretty deadly. Um visa issues for the other coffee brother, possibly. What I'm seeing in the chat. Maybe. I don't know. But they're good. They're they're strong, very formidable. All right. And then we have pretty deadly that um, have seemed constantly to misplace half their wardrobe. But that aside, the the little that I have seen from them, I have been very impressed. The promo work, they're, they're snooty, they're stuck up, it works, they look incredible. And then, you know, take the crop top out of it, they can go. Yeah, they're, they're great. I think the segment was great. Um, I made a note that the segment was actually changed on the fly um, because of um, the passing of Jay Briscoe. So I was glad that they were able to um, pivot and acknowledge the, the passing on WWE television because that was the first time a lot of people heard it. Like we saw it a lot of it in social media, but that was the first time that any, a lot of people heard it by watching NXT. So I thought that was a, a, a nice gesture by um, HBK to make that change. And I uh, know New Day was a part of, of making that change as well. Yep, nice to see that they were aware of what was going on and, and privy to the situation. Um, I do want to ask, because this happened, I don't think I was watching a whole lot when it happened. Is there a reason why the New Day is in NXT? We talked about the depth of the SmackDown tag division or the lack thereof. Um, is there a reason why... New Day is not main roster right now. Storyline and you know, storyline is that they wanted to win a championship that they had never won. Um, the other part of it is that um, I know that HBK wants to get a lot of the NXT roster main roster ready, and 
with New Day not having much to do, especially with the Bloodline story going and no end in sight of the Usos dropping it. They wanted to go down there and help um, train. So we'll see a lot of that with some of the other main roster people. Sometimes you want to just a break from having to travel all the time. Um, I know that um, uh, Woods lives like in Atlanta. Kofi lives in Texas, but they're always in that Orlando area. So they really wanted to see what they could do to elevate the other tag teams because the NXT tag team division is 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 pretty yeah. strong. And if you can have veterans of the game like New Day who want to pay it forward, that's a perfect opportunity for them to do so. Is there, by chance, another member of the New Day that lives in Florida? There, I've heard of one recovering from um, next surgery. Won't get into that piece because that's where my where I rant. But yep, that's he could possibly possibly pop up on maybe at Vengeance's support. He pops up everywhere else for for shilling WWE. So why not shop show up at Vengeance? Yeah, I got, even just yeah, a sighting. Yes. Yeah, bring them on. I, I kind of had that thought as well, but uh, agreeing with Don J, yeah, it is nice uh, when you go to NXT, you don't have to travel. So it's kind of like, hey, we need a break from, uh, we need a break from this. And then they, uh, they, they do get to stay in Florida or close down there by it and not travel quite as much. But it's always great to take uh, for the main roster guys to go down. And normally... They, they went a little bit and then they get to put somebody over, work with somebody down there. And it, it's just, uh, it, I mean, the match is going to be phenomenal. Look at the teams you have in it. They're different styles of play. And uh, I don't think it can be a bad match. Do you think NXT, uh, not do you think NXT, do you think the uh, the New Day dropped the titles at Vengeance Day? Yes. To who? Gallus. think so? Yep. Because I think Pretty Deadly's almost ready to go main roster. And they've already had the titles. And they need to give Gallus something to do while they build up um, NXT Europe while they're working on. At Mania season, we do kind of start speculating on who could get called up and when. Um, so it wouldn't be surprising to see Pretty Deadly make that jump. Um, one return that happened at NXT is the return of Tyler Bate. Um, another person that I am not super familiar with. I know he was the NXT UK champion. Um, I've seen a little bit of his work. But what do we think of him being back? Where do you think he fits into um, maybe the title picture? I don't know who this Javier guy is. Um, <laughs> it, like... Like Latino Elias, I, yeah, I don't he, know who he is or that's what he big, does. That's big body hobby. Um, and oh, he's, par it's, pardon it's, me, pardon me. No, it's it's just one of those running gag type situation. He he's newish. Okay, he's newish. Like his big thing is is trying to, um, uh, trying to get on television. He's he has a lot of interactions with the uh, backstage reporter Mackenzie. Um. Uh, and that's the only time that she really gets to show her personality is because she thinks he's an idiot. Um, but he's more of squash match material. Um, Tyler is the goods, former UK champion, like you said, big, strong boy. Um, 
was in one of the best matches that I've ever seen live with him versus Pete Dunne when it was Pete Dunne. Um, so or he formerly known as yes, so former Butch. Um, but he was fantastic. Um, and he's he's going to be he's a top of card person in NXT. So do you see him fitting into the NXT Championship conversation right away? We have a match with Grayson Waller coming up at Vengeance Day. We have Carmelo Hayes. We have a Paul. Both thinking they're entitled to the opportunity. Do you see Tyler Bate fitting into that? Or do you think maybe he goes after um, Wesley or Dijak for the North American Championship? It could be both. When he... When they closed down NXT UK um, towards the end of last year, he was the champion, and he unified the titles with Braun. So they've already fought to for the title, and they unified the titles. So okay. it could be a possibility of him, him going back um, after that title. I could see him going versus Wes, uh, but he's he's not anyone's um, fodder. Right. Yeah, there's so many new matches for him to go after and I think all of them could be incredible. I mean, you just named a bunch. Uh, put put him with Carmelo. Could you imagine that match? Uh, him with Apollo. It, would, it, it could just be go all day. Uh, Javier or whatever, Elias Light what we're calling him. Um, it's pretty Let's much, hey, Elias. I get interrupted except the music sucks. But, yeah, uh, he, he strums two not even actual chords and I... <laughs> I was just like, get this guy off my TV. He wrestled fine. But, like, he wasn't even actually playing music. He was just drumming random shit. So, I don't I don't know why they... I, I don't know if he actually plays guitar or if they just gimmicked him with it. But it wasn't... He didn't play anything. I'm... Uh, I guess I'm just confused what he's doing. He's fodder. Yeah, he's just trying to get a niche. So he, you won't see him with the guitar anymore. He's just trying to find his niches as that's his gimmick. Maybe he'll have a tambourine next. I don't know. It's kind of hard to screw that up. Um, Heath Slater on... Light. He's the one man band. Yeah, but Heath Slater got kids. Got kids. I'll be trying. <laughs> um, on to the main event of NXT. We had Toxic Attraction versus Roxanne Perez and Valkyrie. Um, Toxic Attraction, both of them won number one contenders uh, because they, air quotes, both feet hit the floor at the same time, even though Gigi Dolan's side of the tape was sped up a little bit. Um, order, it makes sense. But Cora Jade interferes because her and Valkyria, I assume, are going to have a thing. Um, Roxanne is going to defend the women's title at Vengeance Day in a triple threat against JC and Gigi. Um, do we see a turn in within Toxic Attraction? Is this where they split? I don't think necessarily split, but I mean, the history of these triple threat matches is uh, the, the tag tandem never lasts long. They usually get off to a good start. So uh, it, it is going to be interesting seeing them going against each other in the match, but I think that's probably also going to be their downfall that lets Roxanne escape. Yeah, and, and part of this is probably because of Mandy leaving, so they had to come up with something. Um, but I don't see um, either one of them winning. 
Do you possibly see somebody returning? Join them. Because I, from what I've seen, they need somebody else. Yep, 100%. Because I think I even mentioned to you watching during the entrance, I was just like, this just isn't it anymore. Like, it's like... the, the Mandy was a presence. Was gone. Yeah, it's like, it's like I, I still see them, and it's not taking anything away from them, but it's just like... All right, so okay. question. Mm-hmm. Who do you think it is? I'm giving you two options. Chelsea Green or Carmella? It'd be Chelsea because I don't see I don't see Carmella as to go down to NXT for a while type. If they brought them up, I could see Carmella. Okay. I see that. I can see I, them. I feel like Carmella is just kind of floating. I know she took some time off. She had some health stuff going on. But I don't like her with the mask. I don't like her with Zelina. Zelina's doing thing now. But I don't see Carmella being much of a threat by herself. So I feel like she needs something to do when she gets back. Put her back with Arch. <laughs> on, I on, could the, see... on the shelf? <laughs> on the shelf. He'll be he back soon. In a wheelchair and they could be comedic gold. Period. As long as they're not on the same show as Corey Graves. It, it would be a very interesting dance break, but uh, I think Chelsea Green is more of the answer. However, I think Mella would definitely be a good fit for the position, and I think it would benefit all three of them. You need a veteran with knowledge. That's why I was thinking Carmella. She's been there. God, when did her and Enzo and Big Cass debut? Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. She's been there a bit, so... What about Sonya? Please, no. I no. I liked I liked her with them for the brief time that Mandy was gone because of her brother passing. So I, I get what Arkham's saying. Um, yeah. But I think Sonya Sonya is is her own entity. I didn't have I liked her with her for the short time, but that would not be a long term solution for me. We have hit the ninety Maybe. minutes. We knew that was not going to be a problem. Well, Flo and I knew that was not going to be a problem. <laughs> oh, I, I looked at this list and said, we got we got way too much to talk about. We haven't even touched on AEW or Impact. We can Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal for the All-Atlantic title last night. Um, I did not watch this match. I believe Don Jay did. Give us the rundown. Um, it's, it's continuation of the storyline that but um Orange Cassidy best friends and versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett and his return and Satnam Singh and oh, that's Sanjay. Jeff, wait, that's Jeff Jarrett? Yep. Okay, so next up yep. we had Brian Danielson versus Bandito. <laughs> 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 no, 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 go ahead. Banger. No, 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 we're good. Like it's just a continuation. Uh Orange is Orange is hugely over in AEW. Um, but it was what it was. Right. So just kind of like a no-brainer he was going to retain. Yep. All right. Now, Brian Danielson versus Bandito. And this was my first time watching Bandito. Oh, my God. He's fantastic. Oh, my God. So they strong for being a small person. They could have done a 60-minute Ironman match, and it could have been on any pay-per-view for any promotion. That match was – that was on cable? 
It should have been the main. They did that on cable. Yep. That was so good. Should have been the main event. Well, the main event, I don't think, was horrible. It uh, was Darby, not. Darby Allen versus Kushida for the TNT Championship. And whatever the hell kind of move Darby was going to try to do off the top rope that Kushida countered into an arm bar. Went to the arm bar. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was fantastic. Unreal. Unreal. Um, those are the three highlights for me of AEW. Again, I didn't watch the beginning of the show, but I saw your notes. Um, wanted to touch on Danielson Bendito because I was just yep. blown away. Darby Allen, I... Oh, man. That kid is... He's gonna, he's gonna be out of wrestling in like five years because of how he Injury. wrestles. Yep. Yeah, he's... I think the only other thing... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that I think the only other standout things for AEW this week was um, Soraya turning. Like, she's only had the two matches now, and now she's going heel. Uh, looks like we're her and Tony Storm. Um, and then Top Flight, which is one of their up-and-coming tag teams, Darius and Dante Martin tag uh, brothers, beat the Young Bucks. And if you listen to... It, some people in the chat or look at our Discord server, um, the Young Bucks are the devil. And so anytime that they lose is a bright day in the world. For one particular person, then we're not naming names. Um, that is correct. One more thing I wanted to touch on inside the ring, and that was um, Impact Wrestling had a pay-per-view on the 13th of January, Hard to Kill. Um, three matches I want to point out there. The first one being Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray for the Impact World Championship. Um, Jade Chung doing what she does. I thought that was a fantastic culmination of a storyline. Yeah, it was it was great. And bringing Bully Ray back, who's uh who wrestles sparingly now. He's more of a uh, talk show host on Sirius XM busted open. Um, does great commentary, but being able to go back to Impact where he was a former world champion, um, the storyline with him being in a battle royal to get a shot for the title and him basically turning on Tommy Dreamer and all the Impact people because he's scuzz just to get a title match and did whatever he could to Josh Alexander's family um, was a great culmination for that. Josh Alexander is is so awesome. good. I um I had the pleasure of watching him live. My first ever wrestling show um that I've been to was Winnipeg Pro Wrestling in September. Uh Josh Alexander was supposed to face Effie for the Impact World Title, uh but passport issues kept Effie from appearing. Um he went against um so Josh Alexander went against a local wrestler by the name of Josh Cheeks Holiday. Um, I got to meet Josh after the show. I got my picture taken with him. I got to shoot the shit a little bit. He had the impact belt with him. He put it on the line for a nobody at a house show, right? Um, I was just so taken aback at his ability. His music might be my favorite entrance music right now. It's just so perfect. Um, and I'm not a huge Bully Ray fan, so to see him lose was great. On a scale of 
where do you who do you hate worse bully or jeff jarrett and jeff i already jarrett. know the not close I, um <laughs> <laughs> one other thing i want to touch on is the impact knockouts division and before we even get talking about the title versus career match we had a number one contenders match um to determine the number one contender for the knockouts title uh masha slamovich wins in the match with Deanna Parasso, Killer Kelly, and Taylor Wilde. And can we talk about how good that women's division is? Top to bottom, they're probably one of the three best women's divisions in the world. I've, there are some days that I like it better than the, the totality of, of the WWE roster. Um, I agree. The, the problem with impact in general just at least here in the states is that it's on a channel that very few people get um so it's, it's kind of hard to watch it like i found somewhere on twitch where this guy just shows it on thursday so i'll watch it then um but their david their women's division is just so stacked 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 not even in that respectfully match. respectfully yes not even in that match jessica havoc rosemary Aya Valkyrie, Nikki James, Tasha Steels, Tasha Steel, Jordan Grace, like it's oh lord, <laughs> Giselle Shaw as well. Like that division is representing. Oh, so, oh, so good. Rosemary from Winnipeg. Um, just throwing that out there. But the title that that match was for. Jordan Grace, the champion, Mickey James, the challenger, title versus career. Uh, if Mickey James lost, she would retire. I guess, I don't know if like all together, because she could still wrestle if she wants. But she won. Yep. She won. And that, that now was what? the story. Now she stays for a little while longer, because that was the story. She had a last rodeo. Um, that was her big, that was the big story where... She said if she had lost to any woman, uh, any woman on the roster, um, she, she just went woman after woman after woman after woman. And, and if, if she would have lost to any of them, um, that would have been her career. And then she got the final boss and she beat Jordan. How do we feel about that? Amazing. I and love Mickey. Mick, well, I know Mickey's you love amazing. Mickey. But in terms of like <laughs> title versus career, when you do that, usually the title wins. And they let Mickey have her swan song and lose graceful champion, but wins. So I are think we she getting... will lose soon. She'll lose. Are we at getting some a point. rematch? Yeah, we'll probably get a rematch. No, not immediately. Not, no, not, not immediately Im because there is a, there's that, the whole, and then there's like the, yeah. the Masha Slamovich is going to be waiting in the wings as well. Also, want to point out um, the entrance that Mickey James has. Yes. Or had. Um it was the I think they were saying it was the first time that she really embraced her culture to that extent. She went full fledged because she thought it was gonna be the last, her last match, so she wanted to put it all out there. Yep. Don't blame her at all. Interesting point yes. in the chat. Does Gail Kim return for a match against Mickey? She seems, no. to un she seems to unretire every two years. I think she's done. I think, I think she so. likes doing because, you know, behind the scenes of Impact. 
I, but I think she's done. But she was she was much better in Impact than they treated her in WWE. She was in WWE for a cup of coffee. Like it wasn't yep. long. It wasn't long. She was there like twice. They didn't renew her contract. It was during that time where they subjectified women um, and didn't treat the women's wrestling division as well as it should have been. And then she went over to Impact TNA and became a legend. Yep. Absolute. Big fan of her. Loved watching her in Austin Kong wrestle. Great matches. Um, We are out of time. (laughs) Unfortunately. Uh, But there's two little quick things I want to ask the two of you. First off, uh, Raw is 30 next week. What is your favorite Raw segment of all time? You can't say I put you on the spot because I did warn you. (laughs) No. You want to go first, Will? I I, I can go here. There's just so many of them that it's hard. It's like you you, you think of one and you're confident in it, and then it's like, but there's that. And then there's Mine's a no-brainer, but. So. It, it just kept going back and forth. But mine for me is I'll never forget the uh, back when WCW invaded WWE. They were pretty much kicking the entire roster's ass. I know everybody's seen it. Austin comes through in the truck and literally stuns the entirety of WCW. Uh, <laughs> I, I just remember the feelings of it. It was completely electric. And I, I definitely think that uh, him returning and stunning the entire roster was definitely probably one of my top moments. Yeah. So okay. other than um, other than um, Biggie winning the net, uh, title on Raw, um, and then subsequently having a, a crappy um, booking as being a champion, I think the two things that stick out to me most uh, in terms of Raw is one um, with Austin and McMahon in the um, hospital where. <laughs> See now, so him beating the crap out of out of with the bedpan. Another Austin uh, where he beat the crap out of Booker T in the um, with the milk. store. Um, Jack has him aisle five, and then moment is uh, Triple H returning um, from his quad injury at Madison Square Garden, and the pop that he got after being a heel, and just the fact that people recognize how grueling the profession is and how hard it is to come back. And they respected um, the work that he put in. Exactly. And that pop was was gigantic. I think that's one that I always go back to in, in terms of pop. When people ask me for my favorite pop is, is that. Uh, we have. I'm going to read out some of the chat's uh, comments. Uh, Mick winning the title. Uh, I didn't realize my cat was a wrestler, uh, but I'm proud <laughs> of you, baby. Um, Jake Roberts returning and putting the snake on Mox. Uh, the Rock's This Is Your Life. Goldberg um, coming out to spear the Rock. Um, one, two, three, kid versus Hitman for the title. You get one guess as to who said that. Um, mm-hmm. The HBK heel promo in Montreal. My favorite Raw moment is very obvious, but it is Lita and Trish first ever women's main event, main event on Monday Night Raw and my girl won. I was not a Trish fan. I was a Lita girl. And my girl That won. does not surprise me in the slightest. I know, even though everyone's like, but Trish is Canadian. I'm like, that's not... No, that's, no. that's not you. Mm-mm. No, no, I mean, 
I love you because you're from Canada, but I, I don't like the, the pretty blonde girl gimmick. I never have. Exactly. I, I am a redhead. So <laughs> Salita was my girl. Um, kind of winning the IC. T- yeah, I mean, very close second, but it was... I have to go with Lita Trish because it was like the women were main eventing and I also hate Jeff Jarrett. So I can't in good conscience put him as my favorite moment. I don't want him related to that at all. Um, <laughs> but that's mine. Uh, and lastly, I did mention this at the, um, at the beginning of the show, but we, we have um, lost one of the great tag team wrestlers in Jay Briscoe, again, passed away in a car accident on Tuesday, January 17th at the age of 38. Um, I am not super familiar with his work, but I know the two of you are. What is your favorite memory of the Briscoes? What do you think their impact and legacy is on tag team wrestling? And any other thoughts that you want to share? They're one of the greatest tag teams in the history of the business, bar none. They never really were able to get their flowers on a main, uh, mainstream piece, partially because of, of things that Jay said when he was young that he's apologized for. Um, and even to this day, didn't get the flowers that he should have gotten on on um dynamite because of of stupid bullshit but i think won't get into anyone yeah we won't we won't talk about that this week uh but the biggest thing um if anyone wants to watch a great match and end goldie's server i did set up a a rip um jay briscoe where some matches el generico and kevin steen versus the briscoes 2007 get familiar with it it is a great show, great um, match, especially if you love Sammy and KO. Yes, and you 100- also said the um, the trilogy they had with FTR as well, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Their dog collar match. They were the tag team champions of ROH as of as of, they won it back in December. They won it from FTR, and so they were eight um, ROH's tag team champions again to make it the thirteen time champion and and their three matches were fantastic yeah it, it like don j said that match uh with steen and el generico absolutely fantastic i i'm not going to limit it to one moment i'm going with the full body of work here because when you think ring of honor you think brisket yep mount that, rushmore that is the constant that's the one thing you always knew you were going to get and it's like the the unimaginable part of Bring of Honor, not with the Briscoes. It didn't matter who their main champion was. Nope. You were going to go see the Briscoes, and you knew that was going to be the match of the night every time. Uh, just going in, it's like they were the spirit of Bring of Honor all the way through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, as Dante alluded to earlier, over some dumb shit uh, way back in the day, they never got what they fully deserved. But, uh, I mean, it, their body of work is just absolutely stupendous hand over bar. And uh, it, it's just a sad situation. But yeah. go, go back and watch you some Briscoes if you haven't. Um, even if you have, go back and watch it again because yep, absolutely phenomenal. 
13 time tag team champion, uh, one time uh, six man tag champion. Jay was a two time ROH heavyweight champion. So when you think ROH, is, as Flo said and others said in the chat, it is the Briscoes, and that you start with the Briscoes. Right, and we are going to keep things there again. Uh, rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. Thoughts and prayers going out to um, his wife, his children, his brother, his entire wrestling family, and those that worked well with him closely. Um, going to be missed. Absolutely tragic. You hate hearing stuff like this happen. Um, again, if you do want to watch some of their top matches, do have them available for you in the Discord server. But ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be it for this episode of We're Going to Talk About Wrestling. Uh, Donjay, Godflow, thank you so much um, for joining me today. We'll be back next Thursday. Same time, same place. Maybe I'll be on time this time. But uh, thank you all. Looking forward to the feedback. Any questions, comments, concerns, you may leave in the comments of this YouTube video. Appreciate everybody tuning in and looking forward to the next episode. Thank you all. Have a good one, guys. See you.